Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. Joining me are InQtel Chief Information Security Officer Dan Greer and Risk Professional Makul Parikh. They both created what they call the Index of Cybersecurity. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Hello. What is the Index of Cybersecurity? It is, we hope, uh, an index in the same sense that other people use the term. You're familiar with indices that are common in the financial sector, some of which are based on observable numbers, the Dow Jones pricing, for example, and some of which are based on uh, survey research, the Purchasing Managers Index, for example, or the Consumer Confidence Index. Mukul and I decided that the thing to do was to do this in cybersecurity, whereas most people who, who work in the field would agree we are perpetually short of good numbers that represent the current state of the world, both because the state of the world changes often and because good sources of data are hard to get your hands on. Uh, and we thought we would address that, at least in part. How does the index work? The index is a sentiment-based index, uh, not unlike the Consumer Confidence Index or the Purchasing Manager Index, uh, which are both survey-based indices. In fact, uh, and over, over, uh, over the past many decades, they have proven to be very solid leading indicators of uh, consumer spending as well as business investments uh, in the economy. And um, as, as I would like to point out, um, the index is really not breaking any new ground in terms of the theory behind the index. It borrows heavily from both of these indices from the from the world of economics. And what we decided to do was to build an index that uh, uh, that measures cybersecurity risks by assessing the perception of cyber threats in the minds of security professionals who deal with such threats on an everyday basis. So the way the index works is that we send out a survey to uh, a, a select group of respondents. Most all of these respondents have been handpicked and very carefully selected and vetted. So, in fact, it's not a random random sample that we reach out to. Uh, and we ask them to answer uh, a, a number of questions, about 15 questions, which are on our website. Which uh, you know, I mean, it's a transparent index. Uh, and uh, based upon their responses, we have a methodology that converts their responses to a numerical score. Uh, and basically, that's that's how the index works. And at, who are you interviewing for this? The, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what we're looking for. We're people who have operational responsibility for information security. In other words, frontline folks. Sometimes that'll be a CISO. Sometimes it'll be a director of technology risk. Uh, sometimes it'll be someone who is uh, whose title um, has an IT uh, component in some way. It depends on the firm. And if we could really just ask the genie to produce the people that we were interested in. They were, these would be the folks where inside the company, all of the cybersecurity information in the company rolls up to one person for the first time. In other words, the person who's most uh, most likely to be seeing it all. And we have we have done we have picked this way so that what we were getting was expert opinion. As you probably know, in surveys. Sometimes, as Mukul pointed out, sometimes surveys are done with uh, random samples. We're not interested in uh, the representativeness, if you will, of how the public feels about cybersecurity. We're interested in um, the, the combined opinion of the best practitioners who are in position to see um, what the state of the world is. And no offense to the academic world, we're not looking for, in other words, for theoreticians. We're looking for people who are actually on the front line, and 
of course, some of this was done because both of us have Rolodexes that allow us to reach out to a few people. But to be honest, most of the recruiting has been uh, asking people to ask people, if you will. Um, and so it isn't dependent on any one person's Rolodex, it, but it is, as Mukul pointed out, we are being relatively careful that the folks that we're bringing in all have operational responsibility and, as such, uh, what they're reporting on is what they see from their position. And by combining a fair number of those, we give each of them uh, a guarantee that their own answers will not be uh, identifiable by anybody from the outside, but the pooled answers uh, will be. And if you are someone in one of those positions, the advantages of having a baseline of your peers um, is the motivation for them to participate as much as, uh, you know, maybe a sense of doing a public good. Uh, is this an international survey or is this just in the U.S.? It's an international survey. So our respondents, they come from practically all all industries and uh, across the globe, not just financial services, uh, not just the government, uh, you know, infrastructure and, you know, e-commerce, you know, you name it. They're all in there. I believe your first survey was in April. Is that correct? Yes, we're just getting started, correct. Our first our published number was the end of April, and we – We'll be publishing um, at 6 p.m. on the last day of the uh, the last calendar day of the month each month going forward. That's that's the plan. So, what is the base number, and what does that mean? So, the base number we have is we just picked an arbitrary value of 1,000, and that reflects the status of cybersecurity risks at a point in time uh, at the end of March 2011. And what we asked people to do was uh, is that you know. You know, compare the situation as of the end of April to what the situation was like in, at the end of March, and tell us what you think about all of these uh, cybersecurity risks that we that we asked them to address in the questionnaire. And uh, based upon the responses, we get a numerical value, uh, which we then convert to a factor, which gets multiplied with the 1,000, which was the starting value for the index, and it gives us the uh, you know the value of the index. Well, all indices, in a sense, by its very nature is an arbitrary scale, and we started with 1,000. And that says that as you go forward, any given month, what the number is, is compared to when was the basis number, and the basis number was the end of March of this year. While one may argue that why did you pick 1,000 and not 10,000, or why did you pick 1,000 and not 23, um, it sort of doesn't matter. What's important is the rate of change and the direction of change. And that first month, what was that rate of change? So it was about 2%. Uh, so the first index value came out to 1021.6. And, and, and going up or down, is that good or bad? Uh, going up is bad, which means the perception of the risk is increasing, and going down is good in the sense that the perception is decreasing. So it's a little bit like inflation or golf. Direction matters. How would a chief information security officer responsible for safeguarding the IT at, say, a government agency, a bank, or a hospital use the index? Well, Eric, in a way, we're doing an experiment, so maybe the answer to your question is a year from now, but I'll tell you what we think in advance, and that is that an information security officer in any institution has, amongst other questions, the perpetual one of, am I being targeted? Am I different? What are other people seeing? Is there a baseline I can compare myself to? And it's a constant. It's a constant problem. And in fact, unless you do some sort of, quote, information sharing, there's really little way to tell whether your observations are unique or typical or altogether ordinary except for one feature or the like. And by putting together an index, we're hoping that 
the CISOs that are helping us produce this will give us a kind of expert opinion on the state of the world that both they and others who are not participating can say, as far as we can tell, risk in the last month or the last six months or whatever interval you're looking at has changed in the following way. Have, for example, my countermeasures changed in a, in a uh, compensating way? Or has the risk that I've seen actually declined where everybody else is reporting an increase in risk? And does that mean I have missed something? Or does that mean that I'm doing an unusually good job? You don't have much to compare to in this field because hard numbers are very hard to get. Hard numbers are rare. And when, even when you have hard numbers, sharing them is difficult because honestly, folks don't have a natural tendency to want to share hard numbers, particularly on bad experiences they themselves might be having. By combining the opinions of many into a baseline that others can in turn compare themselves to, we believe that we're giving the CISO a basis, a rock, a point at which they can say, you know, it's getting better for me but worse for everybody else or, or vice versa. Or the components of this index, whether it's theft of data or whether it is sovereign actions against us or whether it is problems in software per se, that the change that we're seeing can be explained by only part of of the spectrum of cybersecurity problems and not all of them. And maybe then we ought to put more of our focus on those parts of the cybersecurity spectrum where the rate of change in risk is most pronounced. And again, as Mukul said at the outset, this is a sentiment-based index and we're using a sentiment-based index because we don't have the kind of hard measures that you might ordinarily look for in, say, what's the standard and poor's number from yesterday. We don't have that kind of hard data. We have to get something from somewhere, and in this case, we're getting it from experts. So if you are an expert, you can compare yourself to other experts. If you're not an expert, you can compare yourself to a body of experts that we think, anyway, that we've assembled a pretty good body of experts. And over time, this will either prove its value or prove that it didn't have value. And I guess if you would be so kind as to ask us that question again in a year, maybe we'll have a solid answer for you, but I'm telling you what our hope is. Yeah. In fact, um, very quickly, I would like to add that what you see on the website is the aggregate number for the index. However, underneath that aggregate number are 15 sub-indices, which focus on each of the individual questions that we ask. The values of these sub-indices are also calculated and circulated to our respondents only. In other words, they are not yet out in the public domain. And what that allows them to do is to look at the combined opinion of their peers on what risks are increasing or decreasing the most. And for the participants, and also for other security professionals at large, it allows them to compare their views with what others are reporting and think about if their efforts are focused on the right threats. I think that is how we believe this is going to be useful to, to, to a CISO or any, any security professional who looks at this index. Now, I understand that this index could be useful for establishing a way for financial market players to buy and sell IT security risks. We are not setting up a market here. However, an index of any sort, particularly if the consuming public, whatever that consuming public might be, has come to have confidence that the way it is being run, in our case, how we collect the information, how we process it, and so forth, if that is trustworthy enough and not a source of itself error, that if there is a change in the number, it represents something that is a change as seen by the respondents, then in turn an index like this could in fact be the basis for some sort of uh, financial instrument. Although, let me be clear, we are not doing that. If the genie appeared again and asked me for that, I'd, I'd love it if somebody did that. But all we're doing is getting the baseline number. 
the thought didn't cross our minds, but the practicalities of doing anything like that seem to be too complex at this point. I think it just would be premature. One of the challenges that we face in the world of technology risk, and not just technology risk, any kind of operational risk, is they all tend to be uh, what, what we would call specific risks, that they are unique to an individual organization, and they aren't sort of general market risks. So, for example, if the S&P goes down by say X percent, it goes down by X percent for everyone who has a position in the S&P. However, if you're looking at, say, an operational risk, like, say, you know, your routers are compromised, then that would happen to just, just a handful of participants, and it won't happen to everyone. So if someone wants to use an index like this to hedge the risk of their routers going down, then it'll be very difficult for them to do so. However, this might be useful, say, for example, for an insurance company that has the luxury of dealing with the law of large numbers, and therefore averages is what they get hit with. But I think all of that is kind of a bit futuristic. What we are looking at at this point is to persistently and very consistently follow this for the next couple of years, establish a strong baseline and a nice time series, which is consistent over a period of time so that there is something strong to go on. I'm not exactly sure how large the cybersecurity insurance market is, but how could this index be helpful not only for the insurance companies, but for the people who buy insurance? It could potentially, and again, I'm talking of a, of a world maybe five years down the line where the index is very mature, very reliable, as accurately is, is accurately capturing cybersecurity threats. In that situation, the value of the index could be a pricing input to the insurance companies who are selling cybersecurity insurance. They could look at the value of the index and think about, well, you know, I need to price my product differently because the threat has gone up or gone down. At this point, this is that's all very hypothetical. I mean, it's just conjecture. Yeah. How would you judge whether the metric you developed is successful? The success of this will be that it becomes thought of as just part of the background. There's nothing, in a sense, about it that where you say, ah, but they're doing something weird over there. In my view, we're trying to be relatively boring. We are copying the methods and the style of other indices that have found a place in the financial markets. We're using survey techniques which are completely unremarkable because we chose to do things that were unremarkable. The only thing that is unusual, I guess, about this is that we're trying to measure something that heretofore has not been measured. But otherwise, we're trying to be boring because the ultimate consumer of this, we hope, is not just other cybersecurity professionals. If you look around, it's obvious that as a society in the United States, and I guess you could say as the first world in general, we are now dependent on cyber technology, on information technology to a degree where this is everybody's business. And if we make an index that is believable in terms of how it is done and informative, maybe even predictive in terms of what information it is harvesting from our respondents. In the best of all worlds, that becomes just the kind of thing you look at on a regular basis if you're a policymaker, if you're a financial investor, if for that matter you're a, an official in a company. And by looking at this, you learn something about what you should be planning for. I'm hoping that this is in fact predictive over time, just as, well, to pick on again one of our examples, the Purchasing Managers Index is, is predictive. The Consumer Confidence Index is predictive. We're hoping that this becomes predictive and does so in a way that the fact that it exists is no longer remarkable. To that end, I think one of the key things that we, in fact, we struggled with it a little bit in the beginning was how much information about the index do you make public? And in fact, we finally decided that the index has to be completely transparent uh, in terms of the way it is calculated, the way we thought about all the different things. And on our website, you will find not just the way we are calculating the index, but also the thought process that we went through to arrive at that particular way of doing things. 
What we also believe will happen over the next six months is some changes to the kind of questions we ask, some changes probably to the methodology in terms of, you know, if we find that our survey results are always skewed towards higher threats just because, you know, our population is a paranoid bunch, then we may choose to sort of weight things differently. And as we do that, we are going to announce that and keep it posted on our website. So that kind of our hope, and if we can continue this effort for a while and establish uh, a strong you know, time series, if we can keep our respondents interested and keep expanding the respondent base, I think that would be a measure of success uh, for us. Anything else you'd like to add? The nature of cybersecurity, and this is, a, I guess you could say, a hobby horse of mine, has for way too long been short on numbers. And unless we find ways to measure this, the general problem, not just this index, but in the general problem, unless we find a way to measure it better, we're not going to get better. Part of that has to do with the very nature of cybersecurity, and that is that it is slippery, it's fast-moving, and what's on the other side is not bad luck, but sentient opponents. At the same time, if we don't know how to measure it, we almost surely can't get better at it. And the absence of good, solid measures has been a problem. And there's lots of people working on this. It's not as if we're the only two. But the one we've chosen we think will make a contribution. We're sort of hoping it makes a contribution in a broader sense of not just to security professionals, but to the public at large. And it does so in conjunction with what other people are working on. Our hope is to be boring, boring in the good sense. We'll see how it goes. I do hope you come back in a while and ask us how it went. And if our answers are boring, I guess we will have uh, succeeded. But that's what we're trying to do. I thank both of you. You're entirely welcome. Thank you for calling. Thank you, Eric. I've been speaking with Dan Gear and Makul Parikh about the Index of Cybersecurity. That can be found at cybersecurityindex.org. For govinfosecurity.com and Information Security Media Group, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.